Welcome to CruxCast. Whether you're in your car, at work, or at home, we hope you enjoy this interview. And if you do, you can find more like it on cruxinvestor.com. So please subscribe. Caught up earlier today with Tucker Barry. He's the CEO of Norham Ventures. They're a TSXV-listed lithium explorer in the lithium claystone space. Uh, we talked to him about what they're up to uh, in the company, but also the technical aspects of extracting lithium from clay. Uh, really interesting conversation. If you want our thoughts and opinions on the company, the conversation uh, and their solution, you can find that at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club we can also find detailed company reports and analysis, uh, which you might find interesting. There's summaries of other interviews that we've done to save you some time. We've got training videos on there to help you with your diligence process, plus commentary from experts from around the world on a variety of commodities and companies. Definitely worth a look. And if you're interested in joining a thriving community of intelligent investors sharing their thoughts and ideas with each other in a nice, safe, friendly environment, free from abuse and trolling. And if that, if that does sound nice to you, go and join them at cruxinvestor.com forward slash club. Tucker, how are you doing, sir? I'm doing well, yourself? Not bad, not bad. I haven't spoken to you for, for a few months. Have you been well? Uh, yeah, I'm doing very well. It's been almost a full year, I think, since we talked. We talked in March. Last yeah, it was, it was a good chat. I quite enjoyed it. You were educating me. Well, trying to. I was, I was learning about lithium clays because um, it sort of in, in, intrigued me, and people were lots of mixed messages out there. So, uh, well, and we're going to cover some of that today. So that's re that's really really cool. Um, and uh, you, I see you raised a little bit of money uh, yesterday. Yeah, we had um, a financing uh, announcement yesterday, and it's fully subscribed. Uh, Two point three million at uh, sixty two cents with uh, full warrants at uh, ninety one cents. Um, we're also saying that um, if the share price is goes over a dollar ten for an extended period of time, thirty days. Then uh, you have to exercise your warrants, and so we think that that will happen sooner rather than later. And anyway, we're very comfortable with this, and uh, I think we're fully covered at least for the next eighteen months. Yeah, it's great, great news. Okay, well, we'll maybe get into that a little bit later in terms of use of proceeds, etc. Um, look, I would love to share your story with with everyone because I, if I look at that, we're having a lithium week. We're talking about lithium and people are right. Okay, lithium brines, got it, check. Lithium hard rock, I got it, check. And then they go, DLE, what is that? Lithium claystones, what is that? It gets very confusing after hard rock and brine, right? So we're going to talk right. about clays, which rose to slight prominence um, during battery day with Elon Musk and his buddy talking about throwing salt around the room and problem solved, right? So it's a bit more complicated than that, as, as I suspect you and Gang Feng will, will testify to. So um, so before we get into all of that, let's uh, start with just one minute overview of what Noram is, uh, and then we can pick it up from there. Uh, sure, yeah. Noram Ventures, Inc. is a TSX-listed company, NRM. And uh, we're at, we have a market cap of about $15 million, 50 to $55 million, um, 58 million shares outstanding, uh, another 6 million in warrants. Um, this is just before the financing that was announced last night. And uh, we're focused on one property now. Um, it's called the Zeus Lithium Claystone property in Clayton Valley, Nevada. Clayton Valley is located halfway between Reno and Las Vegas, kind of along the western margin of Nevada. And uh, so we've drilled off resources already, and we're in the process of drilling off up a lot more at, at the moment. Okay, fantastic. That's good. Um, I mean, just talking about a 50 million market cap, I mean, 
most of that's come, say most of that's come in the last three months, you know, because right up until say November, you're bouncing around sort of 20 cents level, I think. Um, and it was a difficult space for lithium last yeah. year. But then, I, I mean, what, what do you think? What, what do you think has been the driver for this? Why, why, why the sudden interest in lithium? Because a lot of lithium companies are seeing this gain, these gains. Yeah, yeah. Well, first, as you mentioned, Tesla Battery Day, um, a little bit more prominence for uh, lithium claystone deposits, specifically from what Elon Musk was saying. That's back in August. So we, we bounced up to about 20, 25, 30 cents then. And uh, in November, December, uh, people started recognizing that we're turning a corner in terms of lithium price and uh, lithium's bottomed basically. And now it's, uh, I mean, you could say it's on a tear. It's, it's gone up almost twofold in the last three or four months. And people recognize that the long-term lithium price, you know, fueled by uh, electric vehicle demand uh, is going to uh, be very, very healthy. And that puts a lot of um, deposits like lithium claystone deposits. Uh, it, it makes them look economic. So, it does. Okay. And and if I look back to 2017, we saw a spike in the prices then. You know, the equities went through the roof and then they fell away as quickly as, as they uh, arrived. And it, the economics and the ecosystem yes. around lithium is yeah. complicated. Well, it's a... Uh it's not a full open market like copper or gold. Uh, that's uh, you know, it's not a commodity that it openly trades. It's all by contracts, and um, so th the demand uh, is just steadily, steadily increasing, and and the su the supply is kind of going up and down and up and down on a and ever you know on a curve that's going up and up and up. And so sometimes that curve is on the favorable side, and lithium is doing quite well, and then. It, it's ignored for a while, and uh, especially larger companies, they um, they table their um, their plans for further development of their very large brines or uh, pegmatite deposits, and uh, the the price drops out. So I think it's going to balance out um, more and more, especially as the market gets larger for lithium. It'll be a little bit it'll be more predictable going forward. Um, it may be cyclical for the next four or five years, but we're in a very good place right now um, in the midterm. Uh, uh, lithium prices are going to, remain, going to remain very high and probably for the long term as well. Okay. It, it's kind of interesting to me the way you mentioned it there. You said it's it's based on contracts, right? People want certainty around supply of their battery metals, uh, minerals, um, so they can, they can, you know, project out the next 5, 10, 15 years of, of, of supply. So it's going to be important for companies like you to position themselves to uh, be able to get one of these strategic partners or one of these kind of long-term offtake partners um, to right. sustain your own future, because it's it's it's, yeah, it's, it's not about necessarily about spot price, which as you say has been going on a bit of a tear on you with spot and, and and the hydroxides. Um, so you, you're very conscious of that, I suspect. Yeah, and right next door to us is Abermel Silver Peak Operations, and you know we do have conversations with them on a regular basis. Um, maybe I can talk about that a little bit more uh, later in the presentation, but um, right next door to them is Schlumberger and Pure Energy. Now, these are very large companies and uh, they have a brine place uh, that w produce or will produce at a, from a brine that's about 100, 150 ppm lithium. And we, we have uh, 1100 ppm lithium in clay and we can, we can, we can take their brines and uh, 
use that for processing and return um, a, an enriched brine that's, that's 10, 24, what they, they gave us in the first place, and which makes a lot of sense. So there's, anyway, Abermel's right next door. Um, you know, the Tesla Gigafactory is four hours away. Panasonic is half of that Gigafactory. Panasonic and Tesla are both looking for, you know, long-term lifting supplies. So there's, there's uh, we feel that um, there are strategic partners out there we're in conversations with with a number of them, uh, but what they want to see is um, the economics mm -hmm. of our deposit. You know, after a preliminary economic assessment or a pre-feasibility study. So that's what we're working toward right now. Right. So you've got you've got all the right neighbors. You're in the right postcode. I think is the cliche that that, that people use. Um, and, and some pretty big names with some pretty big balance sheets there, but they're going to want the same thing that I suspect the market wants is an understanding of not just the economics, but technically, can you solve the problem first and then the economics? So um, I, you know, a big piece of what I would like you to share with us today is technically, how do you go about proving that? You know, How do you go about right. financing the ability to prove that and how long that all takes? And therefore, where yeah. do you end up in this cycle? Do you miss, do you miss the 2025 dates that people are talking about? Or is it going to be a bit longer, et cetera, et cetera? So, have you, have, you, have you started to get a sense of what you've got? Well, yeah. And well, first of all, what we have is um, we have a current drill program where we're expanding our resource. We have uh, 201 million tons already of uh, indicated and inferred resources, uh, our 1.18 million tons of lithium carbonate equivalent in situ. And uh, right now we have, we're eight drill holes into our uh, next uh, phase. And uh, Right now, we're covering an area. This would be a good time to show the map, I suppose. Um, okay, so this is the Zeus uh, Lithium Project area. Um, if, where you see the resource through phase four in the upper left, mm -hmm. right up, that's where the brine pools are for Abermel Silver Peak operations. We're right next door to them. In fact, from our property, you can see their processing plant two and a half kilometers to the west, straight to the west from that, that part of the property. We, the, our current resource is in pink, and that's the 201 million tons that I mentioned before. And what we've drilled al already in this drill program is holes 61 to 68, uh, 68 just uh, finished last night. And um, you can see some of the uh, thicknesses and uh, the average grade uh, for the greater than 900 ppm lithium cutoff um, in the intervals. And you can see that the, inter the intervals are 79, 88, 36.6, you know, this average is 72 meters of thickness. And the area is, um, it's over four square kilometers. And so that's a very, very large volume of material. You multiply by the specific gravity of uh, 1.74 grams per cc. You're, you're looking at a very, very large uh, deposit. Uh, it looks to be that we're gonna add about 500 million tons of the same grade material just from these eight drill holes alone. And we still have several drill collars to, to complete in this drill program. So this is a very large deposit. It's definitely on the order of that of our neighbor's Cypress development. In fact, it might be a bit larger in the end. It's the same grade. And uh, you know, so that's a that's a comparison that needs needs to be made pretty clearly because we're at a $15 million market cap and Cypress is at a $150 million market cap. Okay. The other comparison, of course, is um, with American Lithium, another uh, lithium clay stone project, which is north of this, about 40 kilometers. 
they're at the same stage as us, really. They just have um, uh, indicate well measured, indicated, and inferred resources. Uh, their grade is lower than ours by about 15, 20%. And in the end, we're going to end up with about the same tonnage as them. Their market cap is $450 million. So these are our goals <laughs> that we can take a $50 million company uh, with a equal resources are maybe even a little bit favorable um, and uh, move toward uh, Cyprus development or American lithium uh, with our progress through a resource calculation, pre-feasibility and a preliminary economic assessment and pre-feasibility study. I mean, so, so Tucker, what you're showing me there is you, you've got scale, you've made some comps with Cyprus, American lithium, um, as to you know how you stack up against them in, in scale only, but th- lithium is a very technical uh, commodity. Okay, it, it's it's not just a case of digging it out of the ground and just running it through a mill. You've you've got to come up with technical solutions to be able to extract the value and the the economics therefore. So, can you talk about what you've got now? Because we, we've had a bunch of questions sent, and people are very very intrigued by all of this, right. and I, I, sus- I suspect. I said, I, mean, I sort of jokingly referred to you know Elon Musk talked about like just adding salt and you you know, crack the code, but it's clearly more complicated than that because Gang Feng spent a lot of time, a lot of money trying to work this out in partnership with other companies. So uh, again, maybe explain what's your background and why people should you know listen to you and you, um, your definition of how you're going to solve their problem. So where where, where have okay. you come from? Okay, uh, well, my background is more in uh, base metal mineral exploration and actually more of the research around that. Um, about five years ago, I started focusing on lithium and I set up a project actually with our neighbors, Pure Energy, uh, where um, I set up a master's degree program to look at the, um, the brine play that they had and to model it um, in three dimensions using um, sophisticated software. And, and uh, you know, so I'd go down to Cornell, uh, spend some time there and, um, and think about the brines and interact with uh, the um, executives of Pure Energy and also technical advisors. Um, and uh, so I learned a lot about um, the, the geometry of their deposits and the brine itself, and then the, a bit about the processing. And um, so I've, I've taken that knowledge. Coincidentally, some friends of mine offered me the, the position I have right now with this project. And um, I've uh, started focusing in, I mean, really the geology is not rocket science. This is um, a tabletop deposit, 50 to 80 meters thick, that extends forever. It's really easy to evaluate with a drill, vertical drill holes. That There's almost no risk in that. I think everybody recognizes that. Um, it's the same Esmeralda formation for tens of kilometers, even all the way up to um, American Lithium's area. Um, I mean, it's spotty here and there for various reasons, but so that all of the risk is in the processing. And the status of the processing right now is um, uh, shown by Lithium Americas and Cypress for the type of clay that we have. We have a clay that does not have hectorite. Hectorite is a clay mineral that is refractory. You cannot um, easily extract the lithium with um, typical acid leaches. Uh, the, the deposit, Bacanoris deposits in Mexico, um, is a hectorite deposit, and they have to sinter the deposit. They have to take their clay uh, and roast it, and they roast it with um, limestone or other um, reagents. And uh, once it's roasted, it actually forms different minerals, and then they dissolve the minerals, and the lithium can be leached. It's a more energy-intensive process than what we're looking at. 
we can take our clay, pick it up. It's not hectorite. It has um, you know, smectite and illite. And it's the lithium is much more easily liberated at moderate temperatures, 50 to 80 degrees Celsius. Um, with And we're, what we're finding is moderate amounts of acid, either sulfuric acid or hydrochloric acid. The, the real question right now is, uh, well, first of all, the sulfuric acid side of things is nearly proven. There have been pilot plants running for months at a time where they have successful recovery of lithium that looks economic by Cyprus, uh, by Ioneer, uh, which is uh, 25 miles to the west of us, and especially by Lithium Americas. They're through a definitive feasibility study that just raised 400 million US, mostly to go into their, um, their capital expenditures where they're going to build a sulfuric acid plant on site and use the sulfuric acid to extract the lithium clay. So we pretty well know that sulfuric acid works and is economic uh, to extract lithium from clays like ours. Um, what I'm testing still is whether hydrochloric acid works better. And what we've found so far is that you can use a lot less hydrochloric acid, a lot less concentration of hydrochloric acid to get equal recoveries or even higher recoveries at the same temperature, but for shorter durations. That plus, if you use a chloride-based chemistry, you can you can you can use brines that are pumped from next door. You know, they contain salt NaCl. If it's a chloride-based chemistry with salt and hydrochloric acid, the um, the, re the recoveries are good. The, the, the time is shorter, and uh, it it just may work uh, that much better than than the sulfuric acid. Um, so we're following through on that. We're going to do more testing of that. Um, the uh, the uh, other part of the chloride-based solutions is you don't have um, mineral precipitation uh, when you change the temperature of, of the solution. Uh, with sulfate-based chemistry, you form anhydrite, gypsum, strontianite, barite um, that will precipitate, and that, and that can kind of clog the system as you're processing clays, you know, with acid baths. And you can get scaling in uh, in pipes as you pump uh, your your pregnant brines to a processing plant. With, with a chloride-based chemistry, none of that happens. So there are real advantages to explore the chloride-based chemistry. So we're going to do that. Um, I'm just setting up right now um, the engineering studies for the for the preliminary economic assessment report that we'll do, and I hope to complete by the end of this year. And that so we will test both sulfide and chloride. Um, to a degree, and then we'll choose one or the other and then run with it. Okay, so you're saying that you've got two solutions which work. It's a question of what's going to work better and cheaper, right? And have right. less impurities as well. That's a big, yes. that's a big part yeah. of this. Uh, yeah, the, the, the acid choice doesn't really affect the uh, impurities. I guess it does um, in a secondary way because it's um, what you have to, after you add acid, you know, lithium goes into solution, but so do all these other cations. And then you add sodium hydroxide um, and then uh, potassium, preferably potassium carbonate to precipitate out uh, magnesium, calcium, strontium, barium, other, other uh, cations. And it does it pretty comprehensively. And then, and then from there, you have to actually get rid of the water one way or another. It's, it's evaporative. It can be done inside a pilot plant um, and, and where you can recycle the water, which is probably what we will end up with. Or if by chance, Abramel says, we want your lithium, we, we could use their evaporation brine pools. Um, but um, the, the con 
concentrate or the um, the effects of, of other cations is pretty well similar for the sulfate-based chemistry and the chloride-based chemistry. In fact, it might be simpler with the chloride. Right. Okay. But part, your strategic partners, whoever they may end up being, will have different sets of targets because mm -hmm. they, they, they're all got different use cases, I suspect. And you're going to have to listen to what they want because they're bringing the money. <laughs> Absolutely. Right. And they 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 can they're also going to open up markets and so forth. So very very important conversation to be had there. Are any of the conversations that you're having now geared towards delivering a product for any of those specific conversations, or are you just trying to basically prove we can extract lithium from clay? We'll worry about the minutia of the detail at a later point. Uh, we're in early stages. I'm having uh, regular conversations uh, with um, all of the main players in Clayton Valley. Um, and there's a, you know, possibilities for synergy with all of them where it could work out nicely. Um, I haven't got to, to sharing the details of our chemistry um, uh, directly with uh, either Schlumberger or Habermel. Uh, we've, we've posted some on, online through our press releases, um, but the details I'm, I'm holding back on, they're following pretty closely. And um, what I want to do is I want to work with some of their brine. Uh, to, to show uh, exactly what could happen just within Clayton Valley alone. Um, there's also synergies, by the way, with Cyprus. And I, I have fun, interesting calls with Bill Willoughby, the president of, uh, of Cyprus. We get along quite well. And, um, and we both can recognize that one way or another, there can be significant synergies, not so much just merger, but there are all kinds of possibilities where we can share costs that... Um, you might be able to imagine. Well, well, yeah, I can in terms of infrastructure, plant, etc. I mean, capex generally, absolutely. Um, but that's down the road. You're not having those conversations at the moment. Yes. In fact, a question sent in here: Is your strategy just simply to sit back and see what Cyprus does, and then just copy it? No, that's. Um, so I come from a different background than Cyprus and Bill Willoughby. I'm a geologist and a mineralogist. And I'm thinking of um, how can you process these clays um, kind of more based from the mineralogy side of things. And um, it, it clays, the clays we have, um, they have cation exchange capacity. And so I'm kind of driven from the, the source um, up to get the lithium out, whereas uh, other people are more thinking about what, what acids can we add you know, being very efficient in a chemical engineering way, you know, uh, and doing things on a larger scale, which is very appropriate. Um, and, and so Cyprus and, and Noram have been proceeding um, side by side with essentially the same material. And it's logical that we will um, be doing similar activities around the same time. I have to admit that um, uh, the, the Tesla Gigafactory um, Ad Salt uh, uh, did prompt me, I had been thinking about um, the chloride-based solutions for um, a year and a half. But to be honest, we were, we're, we were strapped budget-wise. And I would, my hands were tied. I could not start doing any detailed studies. In fact, I've been doing some of these studies through my private company and bringing them to Noram. Those days, uh, those days are gone now. I think we're, you know, we're in good shape financially. Um, uh, so uh, I'm sure it seems like that to an outside investor that we're just, you know, copying or they're copying us or whatever, but it's, um, it's, it's a natural consequence of, of, of the clays that we have and how can we process them. Okay. So you're going to make, make me segue here. Um, I know you just raised 2.3 million yesterday. How have you financed yourself to date? 
because it's it's sort of interesting with these these smaller companies. It 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 is hand to mouth uh, most of the most of the time, and when it's particularly right. technical, it doesn't seem to the outside world that much is moving at a, at a pace. So, how have you financed things? I mean, who's actually been doing any work? So so um uh. Well, we're all working. Um, it, it basically, I'm, I'm doing the technical side here in Ottawa and the group in Vancouver, Anita Angie, uh, Art Brown and Cyrus Driver, um, all directors, but Anita also is a CFO and she's effectively also this chief operating officer. She gets hands on with a lot of things, um, very capable. Um, we're in terms of financing, there was a, a dirt for at least two years. I, I joined the company a little over two years ago and, um, you know, we've had some very small financings, more internal almost, and um, a very, very tight budget the whole time because lithium prices had dropped. It was hard to raise money. So, um, you know, our our burn rate was, well, even now our burn rate is uh, $22,000, $25,000 a month. It's very low because we haven't paid any salaries since I've been involved with the company. And, um, you know, we've all tightened the belt. Um, we have, there are options that we've received and, um, also private placements and we're we have no complaints um and we now we have a proper financing we can get through these engineering studies quite nicely and this will like i mentioned at the beginning we have at least 18 months ahead of us in terms of uh, uh you know our our bank accounts will cover all of our studies moving forward we'll have to do another raise when we get into a pre-feasibility study uh for a mini pilot plant um which is going to be on the order of five six million dollars at least we can probably handle all that ourselves um, at, through the definitive feasibility study, I'm really comfortable with all this. I'm having a lot of fun, you know, look, talking to these engineers. Um, but to get past that into a full feasibility study, we're going to have to staff up. So that's what we're looking at in terms of a, how, how it advances. So when you so I want to be clear what you what you mean there. Well, actually, two things. One, does not paying yourselves does that explain why insiders have been selling recently? Uh, effectively, uh, yeah. There's some um, some insiders uh, have been exercising options. Um, er, earlier on, actually, in, in October, uh, we had a lot of warrants that came due, and um, that basically cashed us up. We, we got uh, $1.4 million into the coffers just from those warrants alone. And so we're in pretty good shape financially, even right now without this financing of last night. Um, but there's a strong demand right now for um, uh, lithium playstone plays. Uh, I don't know if you heard about this, but um, uh, Cyprus did a recent recently did a financing for 17 million, and it was heavily heavily oversubscribed. And so that demand is washing around looking for another place. And I'm sure we've benefited from that to a degree. Yeah, I, I suspect so. But um, so the second bit of that was uh, with regards to you said we'll handle that ourselves. Did you mean in terms of the workload, or with regards to the money for the pilot plant, or you'd be putting well, money into the pilot plant? Just want clarification on that. Um, I meant that I meant that a little bit of more personally in terms of uh, the workload for um the, you know the, the the engineering we will go to the market again to we'll we'll have to go to the market again to get uh, financing for the a pilot plant and, and move forward it could be an also a good time for an entry point for um a major so in what in what sense uh, well they could pay for the pilot plant um, for a portion of the project, that type of thing. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. We had a lot of conversations with lithium companies last year where that just wasn't happening, but I think it's a different market at the moment. Um, with the 2.3 you've raised plus the 1.4 when the warrant's coming, um, you've got a bit of cash. It's enough to get you through to the next 18 months. Um, 
what are you going to spend that on during that the next 18 months what, what, how do you break most, that most of it's yeah most of it's going toward engineering studies uh, for the for the pea and we'll have some left over we hope um for uh a continued drilling we haven't fully drilled our property so we'll have another drill program that gets started and then we'll get start getting into um a, a pre-feasibility study with um um, a significant, uh, you know, mini pilot plant, probably based in Reno. Well, we will take uh, material, truck it up to Reno, and and uh, work with that to to refine processing before we build a, a large pilot plant, probably on site. Right. Okay. And then you've been doing a lot of drilling. The grades are good. As you say, it's fairly homogenous. The old spot here and there, um, but you understand why. Um, and it's relatively shallow as well. So, yeah, that's so that, shallow, shallow script. Um, the, it's um, the first part uh, up until this year's drilling, it's all at surface. There's the, the, the strip, there's, there's no strip ratio. It's, it might be a meter or two of, um, of gravel overburden. But now, as we step to the east, kind of going uphill, we're, we're stepping into a, an alluvial fan that's covered the claystone. The claystone's what, five million years older or older. And, um, and so, there's a, a prograding alluvial fan or coalescing alluvial fans over the top of the deposit. So as we progress east, there's more overburden, but it's incidental. I mean, right now our average is 20, 25 meters of overburden, but we're getting 90 meter intersections of, of high grade material. So, um, you know, the strip ratio is still less than one, well less than one. Right. For the whole project is probably about 0.3 to one. It's, it's, it's really incidental. Okay. So, so I guess what I'm trying to do is got to simplify it in my own mind and go, you've got a lot of it. It's shallow, so in terms of the economics of getting at it, very good, right? In terms of strip ratio, lovely. Yeah. What you're explaining to me is that the the, te the technical process of extracting the lithium is you've got options there. It's a question of picking one, right? And yeah, then optimizing. optimizing it and then trying to work out the, the economics and putting that into a PEA, right? That's the simple process. Um, yeah. like I'm just because people are coming at this kind of slightly confused and, you know, uh, and therefore ignoring it and moving on because it's, it's that's that's what you do. Right. So you've you've, you've demystified it somewhat for us. Yes. Um, the PEA, when would we expect to see that? What's the timing on that? I'm, I'm hoping the end of December uh, this year. So, OK, um, we, we have a template from Cyprus right next door. Um, and then, you know, there's there's a wealth of engineers uh, in Canada and the United States that can that can handle components. And it's, it's fun to assemble it. And uh, I'm trying to get a very good team um, and I'm focused on getting really high quality people, people who have detailed experience with the brines in Argentina, for example, and they know the chemistry of the polishing stages. So in our PEA, I want to see um, and with tests, I want to see greater than 99.5% pure lithium carbonate. I want it as pure as it can possibly be because there's a premium for that. And so that just makes the economics of the whole project, um, you know, work. Right. Okay. So those two, those two bits I'm parking because I understand them now. I understand them a lot better since I've had this conversation. And then it comes to your approach, your access to markets. So you're talking to, well, a lot of your neighbors. And you're you're currently what thinking that you're going to be working with one of them, or are you also talking further afield? Because there's a lot of interest at the moment. We're seeing a lot of contracts um, and agreements being signed by you know partners in Asia, Europe, 
uh, and elsewhere. You know, obviously Tesla doing their thing with Piedmont in Australia. So there's a lot of movement at the moment, but how, how, do, how do you get it over the line in, in that context? Right, so um, that part of that is marketing and part of that is connections. Um, Hanwha, I just had a long conversation with Hanwha, a, a Japanese um, manufacturing company that's heavy into um, uh, primary commodities. And um, they're, they're following, I'm, I'm posting them every two months now too. So that's just one example. We haven't really looked to Europe. Um, Europe's rich uh, as well, of course, in, in terms of uh, knowledge, know-how and, and desire to get involved with um, you know, the battery, battery uh, strategic elements. And, uh, so, but then, you know, the United States is too. So we actually, we've done marketing. Um, we've been strong in Canada. Uh, we've been strong in Europe through the Frankfurt um, Exchange mostly. And, and I have to say uh, through Crux Investors, thank you very much. We really appreciate it. Um, and, and so we do have a bit of a following um, in, in Europe, but we haven't really marketed in the United States. And um, so in terms of marketing for you know, cash coming into the company, um, I think the United States is next for us. But in terms of partnerships, um, you know, we have to really be strategic in, in finding a Panasonic and LG Chem um, alliance to, to get involved with us. And that may happen down the road. Beautiful. Actually, I need you to clear up some either terminology or misconception and knock it on the head for me. Question, sent in. You ready for this? You sure? That's a good one. I'm looking at the financials. Um, what was the marketing game plan as they appear to have spent, they being you, roughly four million in in pumping slash marketing? How much have you spent marketing in the context of roadshows and in the marketing context of talking to strategic partners? Well, it's COVID times, not too many roadshows, right? Um, so, um, in fact, I, I have I've been to Toronto and Vancouver, and that's it. I haven't been outside of Canada even for road shows. Um, uh, we what we've done up, up until now is we we budgeted um, about fifty percent for marketing, and a lot of it is focused on Germany. We get a very good response from Germany, and it's a it's a symbiotic feedback um, as share prices rise, um, and it's worked very very well. Um, I get very intelligent um, comments and questions through emails uh, from uh, sources in from Sweden all the way down to Austria. So, so um, and um, talk it, talk it. Fifty percent of what? What? What quantum? How, uh, what's the number? Oh well, so fifty percent. It's basically equal to our drill budget. Though the amount we've been spending for drilling, we spend an equal amount for marketing. Which is um, there has to. Which is uh, you want you want a number? Yeah. Um, well, let's see. Probably this year around. Uh, well, in twenty twenty, it would have been three hundred fifty thousand dollars. Okay. Um, and uh, and we'll double that as well um, moving forward. You know, through twenty twenty one. But uh, w- what we really need to do is um, is get after the American market, and we and we've kind of left that fallow for the time being. Okay, and uh, so that answers that question. I think that knocks that one on the head. Whatever, wherever that number came from, from that individual, okay. not even close. Okay. Um, okay. With regards to the pilot, I just want to finish off here because I think there's a really nice, simple session here. Helps me better understand where you're at as a company, obviously. But I think it was quite useful refresher for me, um, understanding the kind of lithium clay process that 
companies like yours are having to go through. So um, with the pilot plant, what what do you think the timing is on that? Because you talked about five million bucks needing to be raised and you've given quotes of, you know, some evaluations of some of your peers. Um, you know, it would, it would seem that that should be quite easy number to raise with whatever a quantum you want to raise. So, but how, how do you time this? Uh, well, you, you have to do the engineering studies first. But there, I mean, there's, it's really pretty tightly um, constrained by new resources uh, assessment. This that will come out in the next uh, three months, three or four months. Uh, we'll have it complete. But that'll be pit constrained, measured, indicated, and inferred resources. Again, comparable to our neighbor. Um, and that I'm already getting started on lining up the engineering studies. Um, for me personally, I think the most value is in uh, the chemical engineering and the processing side of picking up the clay, leaching it, going through the, all the precipitation steps and getting to um, a, a marketable 99.5% pure lithium carbonate product. I want to know the, the details of the numbers on that, you know, what, what we need to do further in terms of uh, building a pilot plant, a mini pilot plant. Um, and then go to the economic studies and then, you know, package it all for the PEA. It's all doable by the end of this year for the PEA. After that, um, we're going to have to get into permitting. Um, we really even haven't started at all with environmental studies, baseline studies, uh, you know, groundwater studies, um, um, you know, that that we really have to address. Uh, so that will start in 2021. And then we'll uh, start looking toward getting into a uh, pre-feasibility study um, with with a mini pilot plant. So th that would be the start of the six million dollar expenditure, maybe mid uh, 2021, 2022. Excuse me. Okay, brilliant. Um, there's always one more question, isn't there? Is water going to be a problem in Nevada for you? Okay. So um, interesting. There's we had a pause for drilling for two weeks, and um, we were using a. a County water well on a, far, a, a ranch where the um, components of the of the pump um, broke down, and and so the county had to order the parts, delay, delay, delay. So we ended up going to Silver Peak Municipality. They got a fire hydrant, and we get water from them. And you know, thank God it's there because our drilling program now is progressing um, without without issues. And um, that to me that demonstrates how much water there really is in Clayton Valley. You can go to a fire hydrant in a town of about 50 people. It's a, it's like a ghost town. It's classic, um, and and you can pump um, the water that's necessary um, for for a, a drilling. And we're we're having to case down through gravels. That's a, that's water intensive, um, and then drill you know down to 500 feet. And um, so there's lots of water. That's that's fresh water. And then Avermel, they're pumping brines. They have 11, 12 uh, holes where they're pumping brines. There's a lot of water in Clayton Valley. You know, and they, Every winter, it snows, snows, snows. It's, it's, it, all, it all comes down into this enclosed basin. So the, the basin itself, it, there's lots of water. Water's not that much of an issue. It's, it's an issue in terms of um, Aubermel has a grandfather clause for um, water rights for the valley. And at different times, they've said they have a grandfather clause that en encompasses the entire valley's um, aquifer. And um, that's probably not correct. And I'm not going to, I haven't talked in detail with lawyers about this at all. Um, and they've been start, stop, start, stop, and allowing other people to um, uh, proceed with water rights in Clayton Valley. But just last year, they um, they allowed um, a, a silver uh, mining operation to extract a lot of water. And they just they just basically said that if it's not interfering with our, our, our 
our processes uh, for our brine pools, then yeah, no problem. And, and so they're very reasonable about it. And I think that there's a perception out there that they're not. In fact, uh, the neighbor to the south, um, the Pure Energy and Schlumberger for their brine play, they have um, an abundant amount of water just to get through a pilot plant study. And they're quite content with that for the time being. They'll have to work things out as things move forward. But so we have two sources of water right next door that want to produce lithium. So there's, you know, per perhaps some synergy there um, for starters. And then we haven't even tried to drill a water well on our property, but I'm sure there would be water and brine on our property as well. So um, we can overcome any um, water issues. It doesn't, it's, it's not as important as the, the processing issues. Um, that's which takes priority right now. Got it. Tucker, thanks so much. Good, good update, good yeah. to speak to you again. Like I said, it's been a, uh, nearly a year, uh, far, far, far too long. Um, Stay in touch, listen, how you can. I'm, and we're following these drill results. We're seeing what's happening yes. there. Looks like a lot of activity coming up. You've got a bit of money in the in the bank now. Um, so let us just, you know, just stay in touch. Let us know what's going on, okay? Sounds good. Thanks very much, man. Thank you for listening. If you've enjoyed the interview, why not subscribe to CruxCast or our website, cruxinvestor.com, and of course, our YouTube channel, Crux Investor. Plus, you can catch us most days on Twitter and LinkedIn. We really love getting your feedback, so please keep it coming and we'll speak to you again soon.